Welcome to the Corona of Thorns podcast. I'm Father Peter Swans, and today is the Feast of St. Dominic. Let's pray. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. And with your spirit. To prepare ourselves, let us acknowledge our sins. I confess to Almighty God and to you, my brothers and sisters, that I have greatly sinned in my thoughts and in my words, in what I have done and in what I have failed to do, through my fault, through my fault, through my most grievous fault. Therefore I ask, Blessed Mary, ever-Virgin, all the angels and saints, and you, my brothers and sisters, to pray for me to the Lord our God. May Almighty God have mercy on us, forgive us our sins, and bring us to everlasting life. Amen. Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Let us pray. May St. Dominic come to the help of your Church by his merits and teaching, O Lord. And may he, who was an outstanding preacher of your truth, be a devoted intercessor on our behalf. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God forever and ever. Amen. A reading from the prophet Jeremiah. At the beginning of the reign of Zedekiah, king of Judah, in the fifth month of the fourth year, the prophet Hananiah, son of Azar, a Gibeonite, spoke as follows to Jeremiah in the temple of the Lord in the presence of the priests and of all the people. The Lord, the God of Israel, says this, I have broken the yoke of the king of Babylon. In two years' time, I will bring back all the vessels of the temple of the Lord, which Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, carried off from this place and took to Babylon. And I will also bring back Jeconiah, son of Jehoiakim, the king of Judah, and all the exiles of Judah who have gone to Babylon. It is the Lord who speaks. Yes, I am going to break the yoke of the king of Babylon. The prophet Jeremiah then replied to the prophet Hananiah in front of the priests and all the people there in the temple of the Lord. I hope so, the prophet Jeremiah said. May the Lord do so. May he fulfill the words that you have prophesied and bring the vessels of the temple of the Lord and all the exiles back to this place from Babylon. Listen carefully, however, to this word that I am now going to say for you and all the people to hear. From remote times, the prophets who preceded you and me prophesied war, famine, and plague for many countries and for great kingdoms. But the prophet who prophesies peace can only be recognized as one truly sent by the Lord when his word comes true. The prophet Hananiah then took the yoke off the neck of the prophet Jeremiah and broke it. In front of all the people, Hananiah then said, The Lord says this, This is how two years hence I will break the yoke of Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, and take it off the necks of all the nations. At this, the prophet Jeremiah went away. 
After the prophet Hananiah had broken the yoke, which he had taken off the neck of the prophet Jeremiah, the word of the Lord was addressed to Jeremiah. Go to Hananiah and tell him this. The Lord says this, You can break wooden yokes? Right, I will make them iron yokes instead. For the Lord Sabaoth, the God of Israel, says this, An iron yoke is what I now lay on the necks of all these nations to subject them to Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon. They will be subject to him. I have even given him the wild animals. The prophet Jeremiah said to the prophet Hananiah, Listen carefully, Hananiah. The Lord has not sent you, and thanks to you, this people are now relying on what is false. Hence, the Lord says this, I'm going to throw you off the face of the earth. You are going to die this year, since you have preached apostasy from the Lord. The prophet Hananiah died the same year in the seventh month. The Word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Teach me your laws, O Lord. Teach me your laws, O Lord. Keep me from the way of error, and teach me your law. Do not take the word of truth from my mouth, for I trust in your decrees. Teach me your laws, O Lord. Let your faithful turn to me, those who know your will. Let my heart be blameless in your statutes, lest I be ashamed. Teach me your laws, O Lord. Though the wicked lie in wait to destroy me, yet I ponder your will. I have not turned from your decrees. You yourself have taught me. Teach me your laws, O Lord. Alleluia, alleluia. No one lives on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. Alleluia. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to John. Glory to you, O Lord. Jesus made the disciples get into the boat and go on ahead to the other side while he would send the crowds away. After sending the crowds away, he went up into the hills by himself to pray. When evening came, he was there alone, while the boat, by now far out on the lake, was battling a heavy sea, for there was a headwind. In the fourth watch of the night, he went towards them, walking on the lake. And when the disciples saw him walking on the lake, they were terrified. It is a ghost, they said, and cried out in fear. But at once Jesus called out to them, saying, Courage, it is I. Do not be afraid. It was Peter who answered, Lord, he said, if it is you, tell me to come to you across the water. Come, said Jesus. Then Peter got out of the boat and started walking towards Jesus across the water. But as soon as he felt the force of the wind, he took fright and began to sink. Lord, save me, he cried. Jesus put out his hand at once and held him. Man of little faith, he said, why did you doubt? And as they got into the boat, the wind dropped. The men in the boat bowed down before him and said, Truly, you are the Son of God. Having made the crossing, they came to land at Gennesaret. When the local people recognised him, they spread the news through the whole neighbourhood and took all that was sick to him, begging him just to let them touch the fringe of his cloak. And all those who touched it were completely cured. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Look, i got to say it. 
being on the same Matthew cycle for year A on Sundays and year two for the weekday schedule is doing my head in. Because the gospel that we have today is going to be the gospel that we get for next Sunday. And look, I'll be honest with you, having to come up with different homilies for the same gospel is driving me just a little bit crazy. But that said, I've got a bit of an affinity for the passage which we have today. Um, And the reason why is because um, it was an image of Jesus pulling Peter out of the water. Uh, That was the picture that I chose for um, my ordination card. So the custom when a priest is ordained that he produces a holy card that people can tuck into their missiles, you know, to remember the day and remember to pray for the priest. Um, And the image that I chose was an artwork done by uh, an Italian artist, Niccolo Ricciolini, called La Navicella. Uh, And it's a mosaic which appears above one of the altars in St. Peter's Basilica. And I I kind of fell in love with the picture um, because it's outside the confessionals at St. Peter's Basilica. And, um, you know, when I was studying in Rome, uh, I found myself outside those confessionals from time to time, looking up at Jesus pulling Peter out of the deep water, Uh, And I suppose for some reason, um, I identified with it somewhat. I'm not going to lie to you. Jesus has pulled this Peter out of the water um, quite a few times. But given that we're going to get a couple of cracks at this gospel, uh, you know, today and then again on on Sunday, um, there's one little aspect of it that I'd like to focus on particularly today. You see... To the Jewish mind, like lakes, seas, deep water, they represented chaos. You see, water is something that's very difficult to control. You know, you can put a shovel into soil and shape it. You can dig and pile up and move the earth, but water won't obey you in the same way. And this is something that's present at the very beginning of the scriptures. You know, in the first account of creation of the world in the book of Genesis, chapter 1, we read this. In the beginning, when God created the heavens and the earth, the earth was a formless void and darkness covered the face of the deep, while the Spirit of God swept over the face of the waters. So here's the thing, before God starts speaking order into creation, in the Jewish mindset, it's already this kind of chaotic, stormy, watery mess. And then God hovers over these chaotic waters, these deep, dark, and stormy waters. He speaks his word of order into the chaos. He says, let there be light to split the darkness. He creates the sky then to separate the waters from the air. He divides the waters so that the earth would appear, and so he separates land from sea. All the while, God is showing himself to be the Lord of creation, the one who speaks his order into the chaos, and the one who sets the limits to the waters. He pushes them up so that there's sky. He pushes them out so that there's land. Now, God's dominion over the water is shown a number of times in the Old Testament. You know, we've got the first account of creation. That's a clear instance of this. 
But we also see God's lordship over the waters of chaos when he rescues Israel from Pharaoh by parting the Red Sea. He splits it to right and to left. And the same happened as Israel entered the promised land, right? I think we forget this bit. But crossing the River Jordan, Aaron struck the waters and the river divided. It stopped flowing and Israel passed into the promised land, dry shod. Now, the disciples feel themselves vulnerable to chaos and at the mercy of the waters. Yet, we need to remember But God is the one who speaks order into the chaos. He's the one who sets a limit to the waters. Now, this background is extremely important to understand the symbolic value of what's going on when Jesus comes walking on the water. He shows himself to be the Lord of creation. He has the one to put order into the chaos. So just as God's spirit hovered over the waters at the moment of creation, so too God's son is now hovering over these waters. And so this miracle proclaims the divinity of Christ. Now, Jesus calls out to the disciples as he's standing on top of these chaotic waters. Courage, it is I, do not be afraid. Now, uh, okay, yeah, that's the substance of what Jesus is saying. That's the meaning. However, in the Greek, Jesus says, Courage, I am. Do not fear. Uh, Now, that I am there, um, again, you know, that's, that's really pointing toward the divinity of Jesus because remember what the name of God is. God reveals his name to Moses at at the burning bush in the book of Exodus, right? And and Moses asks, well, well, what's your name? And, And what does God say? I am who am. And so, you know, when Jesus says the same, I am, do not be afraid, coupled with this image of Jesus hovering over the waters as the Spirit of God did, as Jesus speaks, and puts order into chaos, all of these start to paint a picture that the one who is among us is God's holy presence. And the disciples start to understand. They bow down before him and they declare, you know, truly, you are the son of God. Now, I think we need to hear those words of Jesus as well. Courage, I am Do not be afraid. Because at the end of the day, you know, we are frightened by storms and we're scared of sinking. But Jesus is the master of the storm. Christ is the one who can calm every tempest. Now, that doesn't mean he calms every tempest. But we don't need to be afraid of the tempest anymore. The one who gets into our boat is the Lord. The Lord of all creation. The Lord of all history. My Lord. My God. So why do storms scare me? They don't need to. And they shouldn't.
The Lord's there to pluck us out of the deep water. And no storm blows without him, at the end of the day, allowing it to blow. So, if we're convinced that he loves us, then we're convinced that we can trust him. And then, the storms, they lose their ability to frighten us. At the Saviour's command, and formed by divine teaching, we dare to say, Our Father, who who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Deliver us, Lord, we pray, from every evil. Graciously grant peace in our days, that by the help of your mercy we may be always free from sin and safe from all distress, as we await the blessed hope and the coming of our Saviour, Jesus Christ. For the kingdom, the power and the glory are yours, now and forever. Let us welcome Christ into our hearts with an act of spiritual communion. My Jesus, I believe that you are present in the most holy sacrament. I love you above all things, and I desire to receive you into my soul. Since I cannot at this moment receive you sacramentally, come at least spiritually into my heart. I embrace you as if you were already there and unite myself wholly to you. Never permit me to be separated from you. Amen. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. May Almighty God bless you, the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Go in peace. Thanks be to God. And we finish by praying Pope Francis's prayer to Mary during the coronavirus pandemic. O Mary, you shine continuously on our journey as a sign of salvation and hope. We entrust ourselves to you, health of the sick. At the foot of the cross, you participated in Jesus' pain with steadfast faith. You, salvation of the Roman people, know what we need. We are certain that you will provide, so that as you did in Cana of Galilee, joy and feasting might return after this moment of trial. Help us, Mother of Divine Love, to conform ourselves to the Father's will and to do what Jesus tells us. He who took our sufferings upon himself and bore our sorrows to bring us through the cross to the joy of the resurrection. Amen. We seek refuge under your protection, O Holy Mother of God. Do not despise our pleas, we who are put to the test, and deliver us from every danger, O glorious and blessed Virgin. Amen. Thanks for praying with us, and may God bless you abundantly, so that this day may give glory to God the Father.